All right, we're back with Sex 101. Stormy, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing actually really well. Um, like, I mean, it's crazy that I, I still often don't believe I'm living in the year 2023. That sounds like the future still to me. Like I grew up, I mean, I, I, mean, I was in the <laughs> totally. 80s. I remember living in uh-huh. the 80s and thinking, man, this I, is wild. Totally. <laughs> I remember when they said party like it's 1999 and I was like, oh, yikes, that was a lifetime ago. I know. I, I was telling somebody the other day and they, I mean, this made me feel so old. I was telling somebody the other day that when I was a kid, we had three channels on the TV. <laughs> Three. And then this crazy thing happened where there was a network called Fox that started uh-huh. with the Simpsons. And I was like, oh my God. I, uh, what, yep. what, nothing, I mean, what's next? Flying cars? I thought we got four channels. <laughs> you know, what I mean, I couldn't believe it in the 80s. And now, yep. you know, I mean, I'm living, I'm alive in 2023 and I just can't believe it. So. Um, it is crazy. I told my son the other day that I said someone was telling him a, co- a story about college, and I said, "Well, we didn't have cell phones." And he looked at me like I was ninety nine years old. <laughs> I, he was like, "What?" And I'm like, "Okay, dude. Yes, we didn't have cell phones. Until, like they came out right when I was like in the middle of college. It was yeah. so funny." But. I mean, you and I remember times without cell cell phones didn't exist. I mean, that it was it didn't have that. It was that no. You you were a landline. Where you know, it, I, with, I can remember with being the curly high, cord. <laughs> I can remember being in high school and I'd like try to hide while I was talking to oh. a girl or something. You know, from totally. Parents. I know. And my son was like, "Well, how did you meet up with anyone?" I was like, "We made a plan and showed up on time. That's how we met up with people." Like, <laughs> what? So crazy. Well, I um, hope that 2023 is an amazing year for both of us and everyone listening. I think it's going to be. I'm I'm excited about it. I, I mean, the world often feels like it's in chaos and it feels upside down sometimes. But I think I, I feel like this year, really, I just hope people go, wait a minute, I'm important and my feelings are important and what I want to express and what, who I want to love and how I want to love is important. And I think that, mm. that could actually change a lot in this world. So yeah, well said, um, I think that would change the world actually. All right. I do have a kind of an off topic question to ask you because I was thinking about you today and I was like, you know what? I kind of want to ask Stormy this because I don't I don't think you will have the same answer as me. Okay. So (laughs) when you are stressed, okay. So you you just uh and I want to talk about this in a minute. You have a pleasure challenge that I've been doing and it's amazing. And I got I took some notes, so I kind of want to talk about it just in a second. But when you are just stressed. Do you ever turn to like a snack or food? Because today I was pretty stressed. I was like, ah, just, I don't, I mean, I mean, uh, there's a couple things that stress me out. Not, not terribly bad or anything like that, but I was just a little stressed. And so when I get stressed, I turn to peanut M&Ms. All right. I'm holding up the, <laughs> I, I, see, that go, they're em- I see that they're empty that you just it's hold totally <laughs> gone. No, there's no peanut M and M's in this bag that I'm showing you, Stormy. But is there some? Do you have a go-to snack where you're like, you know what? I'm gonna treat myself. This is what I do. Like I, I did just right now. Do you do that, or what is your go-to thing? So that, like to for so relief. Totally, uh, chocolate. 
Uh, chocolate is, I always say that there's, there's a few, only a few areas where I don't have much self-control and chocolate is one of them. I actually have a, a, a non-demide, which is the, one of the molecules that chocolate stimulates tattooed oh, on my forearm. Wow. So. <laughs> so any chocolate? So it's, uh, yeah. So it's a uh, dark, good, dark, good, dark chocolate. Like I'm a bit of a chocolate snob though. Like, and I believe that dark chocolate and red wine is one of God's finest pairings in my opinion. So when you're stressed, you're like, I'm going to have a piece of a really nice piece of dark chocolate glass of wine. And that's going to help me. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and of course you're, it's going to, you're going to be like, of course, cause she's a sex coach, but I also think sex is, is my preferred stress is my preferred stress reliever. <laughs> so. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah I, not yeah. for everyone. People, they say research would say about 50, 50 people either find it a stress reliever or it's the last thing on their fucking mind when they're stressed out. And so there's not good or bad. Uh, but you know, it's like, it, it's actually important to communicate with your partner. If you're in a partnership, what's your response to stress? Does that make you want to have sex or make you want to like run away from sex? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, that's really interesting. So yeah, and here I sit with, with peanut M&Ms. It's, <laughs> it's always peanut M&Ms. There's never not a time where it's not peanut. I don't know why that gets me, but I go, they're good. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. They're good. I mean, it's funny because it's actually, I'm sorry. The M&M's makers, but it's not the best chocolate, but there's something about the chocolate with the peanut and the little candy shell. They pretty much have it dialed in. Yeah. Oh, 100%. So that's my go-to, even though I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I'm frustrated by it because there's a little bit of guilt. Cause I'm like, what's well, the new year. And I've been trying to get back. On. It's mm -hmm. hard for me. Like I, I was doing so good and then the holidays hit and now I'm trying to get back into the routine of working out and eating healthy and all that stuff. And it's just, you know, there's, there's a bunch of new things coming at me in the new year. And so I don't feel, I actually don't feel guilty or bad. I just, I'm glad that I can eat some M&Ms sometimes and go, yeah, all right, totally. now I'm going to be okay. That's, that was kind of part of me putting the anandamide molecule on my arm and a tattoo is because uh, like so dark, good dark chocolate can stimulate this bliss molecule. And it was really like, can, when I'm enjoying dark chocolate, can I really enjoy it? Can I like savor it and, and think of it as a gift to myself rather yeah. than being like, Oh, I'm eating right. more chocolate. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> that is so funny when you hear yourself go, <laughs> I know. And then I think it's just acknowledging when you're stress eating. I literally said to my boyfriend today, I was like, I'm stress eating. He's like, okay, well, at least you're aware of it. <laughs> you know? Oh, well, uh, I did want to touch on this for a second. I have been going through your Stormy's pleasure challenge, the 21 day challenge. And I took a few notes uh, just from some days that meant a lot to me. Right. And so here's, here's what I'll say. First of all, there's a bit of me that's like, oh, I got to uh, like the natural Toby mode is, am I going to really commit to something? Am I going to sign up for a 20 day, 21 day challenge? Will I be serious about it? Will I do this? And I'll, I'll say the way you have it set up is so nice. It comes to my email and I just see it. I click on it. It, you know, there's a video or an audio component to it and it's just so easy and so readily available so it's so user-friendly which for my brain is really awesome okay mm -hmm. so with that being yeah, said I, I just want to give a couple of notes that i took um first of all i hate meditation i've been the worst <laughs> at it ever i can't do it it's awful day two 
you had meditation and my notes were this was really nice Oh, good. <laughs> I said I normally I wrote this down because so, I I want to take notes just to to make it more uh, authentic and real and and to remember what I was doing and not just take this lightly. Um, and I wrote down I normally zone out or can't be present with meditation, but Stormy has a great way of bringing me back. That's what I wrote. Like you, your mm-hmm. meditation, the way you're doing it, so. I'm, I'm going to really blow some smoke up your ass right now, but <laughs> I cannot listen to most le- uh, like uh, a person leading the meditation, their voice or something about it. I start thinking about their, their inflection or their tone or the way they sound or anything, but the way you led it, it kept bringing me back to it. Like I could start floating and then I'm back. And I'm saying, pre- and mm. that doesn't happen to me a lot. So I really appreciated mm. that. Like, Thank you. like, just right out of the gate, day two was awesome. And it was really Thanks. good. Day four. You know, you know that, Toby, you can't be, a, that there's no such thing as a bad meditator, right? That You know that, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty bad at it. I mean, I started thinking about like my car engine or something. I like know I, that's I, perfect uh, though. That's the perfect <laughs> thing, right? Like that's what, and I, I don't know if I said that when I was guiding day two, but I mean, it's literally like our mind is literally meant to think and to lose focus, right? Because you're talking about focusing on breath, right? Or focusing on your body or whatever it might be. But it's like really the practice is starting to say, oh, there goes my mind and then bringing it back, right? Not like, oh, there it goes again. You know, it's like, so, I mean, I always giggle because I used to say that I was a horrible meditator and now it's a practice that I do every day of my life and I don't, I don't miss it ever. I mean, I don't miss I, a day ever. <laughs> I still feel terrible about it and that I'm not good at it. But yeah. I will say that that here, here's the thing, though. I believe that the way you lead the meditation is authentically you. Sometimes it feels like the person leading the meditation is talking like this and trying to <laughs> make it seem like you should be. Rel- and you don't do that. It's just you talking. You know what I mean? So that that actually sets yeah. me at ease. Like it, it's really nice. So I, yeah. I actually really appreciate it. Yeah, okay. Thanks. Just a couple, just a couple more points. So day four, uh, pleasure everywhere. Uh, I just thought that was because when you said pleasure everywhere, the first thing I thought was what the hell is she getting ready to say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this like, is going to be racy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, 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 I'm about to be very excited about this one. It wasn't yeah. It was awesome because it, that that day was like noticing and recognizing small pleasures. And I was like, wait a minute, that's what a great way to think. You do have little pleasures all throughout the day. Why not recognize yeah. those and enjoy them instead of just like mm-hmm. kind of passing over them or not recognizing totally. them or not thinking about, you know, I just thought that was so good. Um, day 12, being in a flow state, I thought that was really great. Like just getting yourself into flow state, like thinking about when's the last time you've been in a flow state and uh, why haven't you thought about that or considered it mm-hmm. or been in that more recently? Like how long ago was it? All of those things mm-hmm. are really good. And then, um, the last, the, one of the other notes I took was just uh, day 15 was pleasure in the pause. Only you, you said that only three, per- 3% of people can multitask. Yeah. And if you can just pause and realize that pleasure will happen again, I just thought that was so mm-hmm. great because you, when you Thank experience you. pleasure, it feels so good. And it's so I awesome. Know. You, wanna, you really want to hold tight. You to want it. more. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. But if you can let it go and realize pleasure will return to me, mm-hmm. it's coming back. Then you can actually. 
be free of it for a while too. Even, you know, it might might be a minute. It might be an hour. It might be a day. It might be a month, whatever, but pleasure will return. And knowing that it's coming back, you don't have to hold on so tightly to this one moment of pleasure you have right now, because the next pleasure could be just as enjoyable. And I just thought, yeah, totally. Thanks. I love that reflection. Yeah. 100%. So, and then, and you have some other things coming along too. And and so I don't know, can can folks still sign up for the 21 day challenge? So the challenge, we do it, um, we do it twice a year. We do it January 1st and June 1st. So the next one will be in June. Um, and the, really the the idea is to start, you know, every six months to like have a, a a tune up so that you exercise those pleasure muscles and you literally change your brain chemistry to be able to take in more joy, feel more joy, feel more pleasure. And that that's in and out of the bedroom. And then the 21 days, it gets progressively more and more sexual it starts out very broad and then more sensual and then more sexual which is the same way i work with my clients in uh, sex and intimacy coaching we don't start with sex because that's not where you start if you want to have great sex (laughs) you start with everything else um so anyway uh, but through a request from people that had done the challenge we we have two small groups starting uh february 1st uh so just around the corner so we're busy uh, right now putting all together those curriculums. And uh, one is for single people, uh, dating mishaps and how to get back out there and get in the dating saddle and also including, you know, the sexual saddle um, and to find a great partner that you deserve in 2023. Uh, so that's starting February 1st. And then another uh, class for couples uh, that are in uh, sexless or struggling with sex in their partnership. Yeah. And so that's uh, another passion of mine uh, and kind of our niche that of my clients that I work with of long-term partnerships, really struggling with sex and intimacy. So I'm so excited for those. Those are new offerings for us. So there, there you can learn more at our website about them if you're interested. Oh, that's so awesome. That's so good. I mean, all the resources you provide are just great. And that, that's what I'm saying. Like going through this 21 day challenge has been really nice just because first of all, for my brain, so user-friendly. It just comes to my email box. I get to look at it. I don't have to think, <laughs> yeah. I don't have to search or yeah. anything like that. I just love that. And then there's just great content for me to Thanks. reflect on and do all those things. So I think that's really Yeah, great. I love it. We've had some fun love projects. And then we uh, we actually just, just today officially launched our lube. Uh, so our personal lubricants, we have two of them. And that's been an 18-month love project that is now birthed into the world. So if you want some good lube, check it out. It's great lube, by the way. Too. I mean, you sent <laughs> me some and it is great i mean awesome. you know because uh, you know we own marriage supply and it you know we have several different lubes but i just think the lube that you have is unique and very it, it, like the way that it works is amazing and so i'll just leave it yeah that. it's pretty <laughs> but, cool yeah. Yeah, the science—the science behind that molecule is pretty amazing. It's uh, we we're really happy to be the first lube ever to have it. So yeah, that is phenomenal. So yeah, I'm Thank very you. excited for people to get to try that and do that. So, all right, so we want to get to the topic of the day first. Is that cool with you? Yep, we'll let's do it. So, uh, the topic of our, the the day is being intimate with someone new after marriage, <laughs> and also as yeah. we age. So yep. I'll even say this is a little bit personal because I am recently divorced. I got divorced last year and being with someone new was very intimidating to me. I just was like, wait a minute. I've been with someone so long. Yeah. Why would this, why would a new person be into me? Or, you know, like I've, mm-hmm. I've done the, I've done something with one person for so long. Am I out of touch? Am is my body out of right. touch? I'm right. and like, was it? I'm older. 
I'm <laughs> nervous. And, and you've gone through this too. Like you've been, you, you've divorced, totally. you've dated someone new. And so, so what is it like for a person to be with a new person and how can they feel confident? How can they feel yeah, like totally. I, I, I'm, I'm excited about my body and sharing my body with a new person? That is <laughs> yeah. really intimidating. It is totally intimidating. And I've been through it several times after my divorce. Uh, I was engaged and then I was not engaged. And you know, so I've been single different times and different points in my life. And, you know, I think it's about getting back in the sexual saddle. But like you mentioned, Toby, it's so much more than just having sex with someone else. That's a big part right. of it. Um, but it's, it's way bigger than that. But let's talk about a little bit about getting back in the sexual saddle, so to speak. I mean, I think if I've, I say all the time, divorce is a total deconstruction, but I also don't want people to lose sight of it. It is also a, a total reconstruction, right? So I think a huge piece of it is, is giving yourself a permission to create something new, to create the the sex life that you absolutely are worthy of and deserve to create the love, not just the sex life, but the love and the relationship, even if you're not open to relationship right now that you deserve and that you, you know, so to give yourself permission, I guess, to create a new you, because you don't have to have the same story that you had in your marriage um, or, you know, in your relationship, long-term relationship. So, you know, just to say that, um, but I think, you know, one of the questions I get asked a lot is like, should I be having sex, you know, right after divorce or when should I be having sex right after yes. divorce? I get that a lot from my clients that I'm working with. Um, and I think one of the, one of the best things I was told in my own experience and I really like is, uh, is that, are you having sex to heal or, and if so, great as long as it's consensual, um, but making sure that sex isn't impeding your healing. Cause there's no question. There's a lot of healing that, that goes on for yourself, you know, as you divorce and post-divorce. And so yeah. looking at the role that sex or sex with a, a potential, whether it's casual sex or inconsequential sex or with a potential new partner, but we're looking at the role that sex has. So, you know, just some questions that I wrote down to like, ask yourself is, if what kind of relationship are you looking for? And the answer may be, Oh, hell no, I don't want a relationship. Right. <laughs> right? That's an answer too. <laughs> but you know, what kind of relationship, or maybe you're looking for casual, or maybe you're looking for multiple lovers, or maybe you're looking for celibacy, right? So what kind of relationship paradigm serves you and your healing? Cause this is the time to put you first, Right. So really being again, back to that, are you, is sex helping you to heal or is it impeding your healing? Um, and just getting curious about that. There's no right or wrong or good or bad again, as long as we're talking about consensual sex, whatever you choose is your choice. Um, right. And then I think another thing that question, good question to ask yourself is what would you need to feel safe to have sex? So again, to your point, Toby, maybe that's, I need to feel better about my body or I would need really, I would need to use a condom or I would need right. to, be on birth control or whatever it might be, or I need to only have sex with someone who's had a vasectomy. I mean, there could be anything, but what would you need to, to feel safe? Because good sex means safe sex. I mean, and I don't mean safe with a condom. I mean, you need to feel safe to have really great right. sex. Um, and so that's a really great question to ask yourself. And everyone who asks themselves that would have an, their own individual answer to that. There's no right or wrong answer to that. I love this because what you're saying so I felt guilt after my divorce in some ways, like I've realized that I felt guilty for wanting things. 
And mm. that didn't have anything to do with my ex. That didn't have anything to do with any uh, new person I was dating or anything. I felt guilty because I wanted things. And then I had to tell myself that wanting those things, I've been having to literally tell myself wanting something isn't inherently bad. No, it, it, like, you know what I mean? Like, like wanting something, desiring something isn't bad. Now also my desires and wants doesn't, I don't have to put that on another person that, no. you, know, you know what I mean? Like if, if that isn't what they want, that's okay too. But you're right. Being authentic or honest or real with that person. Hey, these are my desires and you don't have to feel shame or guilt or, or anything bad with that. You don't even have to feel that with your current spouse. You know, you might've been married totally. for 15 years. You can tell them what you want and you don't have to feel guilty about that. And that, and Amazing. I, I put that on myself for a lot of years where I didn't realize, wait a minute, I can say what I want and that's okay. I'm, I might not even get mm -hmm. it. And that's still okay. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not. It's, it's amazing. Not about the and that was so it. well said. Yeah. Totally. Yeah but, yeah. but it's just about the being authentic and, and honest with, Hey, this is where I'm really at. And this is what I would like. And then you can have a real conversation with it about your, you know, your significant with your significant other, or you can say, well, that's not what they want, but this is what we could do. You know, you can have real mm -hmm. conversations, but if you don't address those things that you actually want or desire, then I do think like from my experience, it calls, it starts kind of bubbling inside of you and you, the, you're not really addressing things that you want. And totally once you get that out there, you can actually experience more, even if it's not exactly what you were are wanting necessarily. Yeah. I mean, and even more that you said having needs and desires doesn't make you bad. I would say that it, having needs and desires, first of all, makes you human. <laughs> and yeah. second of all, it makes you an amazing, you are worthy and deserving of of having your needs and desires of communicating them with a partner or a potential partner. Yeah. And like you said, Toby, so well, like that doesn't mean they're going to be met or, but you also have information. Like if that person's like, I'm not interested in that. Great. Move along. Both of you, <laughs> you know, right. and I don't mean that flippantly. Like if you're in partnership and you're deciding to part ways, I, I, I take that very seriously. Uh, but it really like when we don't speak, our needs, wants, and desires is when, when shit starts to go sideways. Right. right? It, and it's really, but, but you're right. We've been very acculturated men and women in this, in our country to not like that, you know, like the, to be selfless. And I, I mean, I, I say that I literally have this tattoo that says sacred selfishness because there is selfless and then there is toxically selfless. Right. So this is your mm. time to create the new you. And I don't mean that, that your partnership was bad or your partnership you know, didn't serve you or, or serve, you know, a purpose in your life. It's that this is a place of reconstruction as much as it's a place of deconstruction. So, you know, I think being thoughtful of if you're having sex with another person, a new person, um, are you using sex to numb? Because uh, sex is a very good numbing agent. Um, right. And I don't mean genitally numbing. I mean, emotionally numbing. Right. Um, uh, you know, are you, are you having sex to not feel? Because you can't, process your relationship with another person by having sex with a new person that's not how it works right so just being thoughtful about that right and again not not like shaming yourself about it but being curious about it i think those are really great you know things to ask yourself and, and you know there's a lot like you said that goes into it there's body love having sex with someone new being naked with someone new kissing someone new stds dating apps like there's a lot to navigate right. out there you know and it can feel very overwhelming but it also hopefully feels very exciting you know 
Yeah, 100%. One thing that I've been learning, and this is, I don't know if the listeners will relate to this or not, but I am a bit of an empath. And so I feel deeply what other people are feeling. And, and it often is right. And it makes me connect with people deeply, but there is a component of that where I feel what people are feeling, but I'm feeling it too. So it's me feeling it. And so I diminish a little bit of, of what they're actually feeling. This sounds, I'm probably not making much sense, but so with that being said, I, there are times where I'm like, oh wait, it's late at night. So that person probably doesn't want to have sex or, you know, my, you know, Mm -hmm. in the past, my wife, my ex-wife now, or, you know, like I put feelings on them instead of going, they're a, they're an adult. And if they don't want to do something, I can trust that they will just tell me no. And that's okay. Totally. Instead of me going, instead of me, (laughs) instead of me stepping in the way going, wait a minute, they probably don't want to, you know, they're probably feeling this way. It was a long day. The kids are exhausted, (laughs) you know, all this stuff. like a little stressed out. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But instead of like, and it goes back to, it's okay to want and to desire things. And then if your partner goes, I'm really exhausted. I just, I, I, okay. Now, I, now, now I totally. really hearing how you feel, you know what I mean? Yeah, Instead of exactly. me going, wait a minute, you're, you're probably tired. We'll just avoid it. You know what right, I mean? We'll exactly. just, we'll just stay like, you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can express your wants and desires and it's okay to do that. And then also either it works out and you have amazing sex or have fun sex or just regular sex, whatever, or the, per- or your significant other goes, you know what? Tonight, I'm, I don't know if I want to do this. And then, okay, now I can accept that. Totally. Like, I, I, I've, I've, yeah. I've gotten caught up sometimes in mm-hmm. feeling like I want to make sure they feel taken care of and I'm not using them for sex or anything yeah. like that. And I missed out on opportunities to go, wait a minute, this is what I want and let them decide mm-hmm. what they want to. And so I, I, I've been really learning that lately, that it's okay to express your wants and desires and then hear the real answer from the person that you're expressing them. Absolutely. And when you're out there dating, like this is for those of you that are out there dating after being in a marriage or a long-term partnership, you expressing your needs, wants, and desires, first of all, is a great way to find someone who can hold them, right? Who's aligned with you on those needs, wants, and desires, but also who can speak their needs, wants, and desires, because that is not everyone, but it's sort of like a way to you being authentic might breed their and encourage their authenticity. And now you're having a real conversation between two people and you can figure, you can figure it out and figure out the alignment a lot faster. Otherwise everybody's assuming about everybody and probably neither of you are right. um, Right. You know, accurate. (laughs) And so, and now it's like, it's, so you don't even like have a, a, a solid ground to say, wow, I am aligned with this person. I do want to have sex with this person or I don't want to have sex with this person, right? Because right? it's it's all muddy, muddy terrain. So I think that's an awesome thing, you know? And so I think that's just, you know, it's, it's a wild world out there in the dating world. But I can say from my experiences that I had some like Saturday Night Live level hilarity uh, experiences on dating apps. Uh, nothing, <laughs> thank gosh, nothing scary or right. too dramatic, but uh, a lot of hilarity. Um, but even the, the bad dates, let's call them. I learned so much about myself, about my boundaries, about what I want. Um, and then the great ones and the ones in between too. So I think if you think of it as a learning 
you know, curve and a learning opportunity, uh, it can be really a really powerful time for sure. Yeah, totally. So I think the big takeaway is it's okay to express what you're thinking. And it, it, especially that can actually connect you more with your partner. I really, I really totally. do believe that now. I, in, in the past, I thought you got to don't show that because it's a, you might be embarrassed or you might feel shame, but you shouldn't feel shame with someone you're trusting. Like right. if you're feeling that shame, that's, that's a whole other topic you, that you need to address. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and if you're not in partnership and you're feeling like you're not safe to share with someone, your needs, wants, and desires, and you're out there, dating world you probably should swipe left yeah. <laughs> not be dating that person <laughs> is it left or right i think it's left left yeah, is no yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i would love one day to hear some of your dating stories from oh my app. god that, i really should write a sorry in a live episode <laughs> yeah i i have some already in my limited experience so i'm <laughs> certain you have some really good yeah ones. totally i one thing i'll say before we move along is i didn't know what the fuck being ghosted was okay i was like 40 years old 40 one at this time of my life being single and my niece was like auntie i'm telling her the story and she's like you got ghosted i was like what the fuck is ghosting like and who does that like i and so i like fell down the rabbit hole of like you know reading about ghosting and i totally got ghosted like full on and he was like in his wow. mid-50s but i was like and then i ended up finding it very funny because I was like, thank you for showing me your communication capacities, which are about of a three-year-old. That's fabulous. Right. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, <laughs> I didn't even know boy. what ghosting was. And I can't yeah. believe that people do that because I'm like, just say that you're not interested. I'm a very confident woman. I could have handled that. The ghosting made me a yeah. little, little off kilter, you know, but yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get to some uh, listener questions. Uh, this awesome. will be good. All right, uh, here's the first one today. Um, my mother-in-law has recently had to move in with us. She was living alone, but now at her age, it's not safe for her to do so. I love her, and I'm glad we can help her out. Uh, and having her around our children is great. The problem is her presence is affecting our sex life. We had to give her the room directly beside our bedroom. <laughs> That's not good. And now anytime we start to make <laughs> noise, oh, uh, we yeah. know that she can hear us. So any passionate sex is almost off the table. We've had, we have had a lot less sex since she moved in as well. I'm okay with making a little more noise, but sometimes, but obviously my wife, uh, since it's her mother feels very uncomfortable. We both have pretty strict. We both have a pretty strict work schedule and our kids and with kids, it's so hard to find other times. What do we do? Thank you. Quietly boning. <laughs> okay. So I love this question, right? It's it's sort of like where people will say, oh, it's just an excuse. And I'm like, no, that's a logistical barrier, right? Like this yeah. is a logistical reality that is impeding your sex life. So just even writing the question in and being brave is, is a great, is a great first place to start. So I wrote down some notes uh, about this. So one thing that one tip that I would have is, you know, there's other really great places to have sex besides the bed that squeak less and make less noise, like the floor, for example, yeah. or over the side of the bed. So I would say getting creative on it does not have sex does not have to be in the bed might be something that allows you a little bit more uh, room to play. We'll call it, um, you know, sex in the shower is an, is, is something I, you know, it, people, some people don't yeah. like it. I would say, like, you can definitely find a lube that can stay wet even in the shower. That's a great thing. But sex in the shower might be something. Mm -hmm. um things like putting on music right things that you know so that 
you don't, there's a little bit of a buffer on the noises, the, the sex noises that might be happening. Um, increasing foreplay is another thing I, I, that I would, uh, a technique I would recommend because then you have less time. You're also bridging the pleasure gap that tends to exist between men and women uh, by increasing the foreplay so that there's less bed squeaking time, let's call it. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, um, and then, you know, even getting creative, like mutual oral sex, right? So basically things that don't squeak the bed so much, that don't move the bed so much, you know, and then maybe you can also pull the bed, like if the bed's like hitting the wall right. or it's a squeaky spring, like take a little time, use your handyman skills and pull the bed away or fix that spring that, you know, that slat, the wood slat that's squeaking or whatever. Um, but those are, and then, you know, positionally, there's things like Lotus with the woman on top and then sitting in the man's lap that have less sort of up down motion so that there's less bed squeaking that can happen. Um, so those are sort of the, like the, the bed noises, but then, you know, whispering, like trying to making it a game because also I imagine sex noises, right? might be something, but making it a game, trying to be as quiet as possible, really whispering in each other's ear can be super hot. And it's kind of a, you know, playful sort of game, but it might help you not be wor so worried about mom in law keeping her up at night. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree. There are different positions you can do, like, uh, like even in my own experience, staying at a mother-in-law's house or something like that, um, you can, like, a uh, big spoon, little spoon, you can move. And what, if, uh, I love what you just said if you make it a game or you remember like what it was like when you were young and you did, yeah, <laughs> you were doing totally. something naughty, you probably shouldn't have been doing it. Downstairs so like, you, on the couch. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. What was that noise? You stop. Okay. We're back at, it. you know, <laughs> is that my dad? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like make it fun and don't take it too seriously. And if you can have some fun and, and try to work around the noise, if you work around the noise, oftentimes like, like some of the hardest times I've ever laughed was when it, I wasn't supposed to be laughing. You know what I mean? I was in yeah. church or something yeah, and you're not totally. supposed to laugh and, and you're like, Oh my gosh, this is so great. And you just figure out how to like figure out how to make it work in the circumstance so that it, it could even be more fun. Like it, maybe it is totally. kind of naughty. Maybe it is something that you mm -hmm. shouldn't be doing right now. And that makes it even hotter or you're more yeah, turned exactly. on. Like let yourself be more turned on by the circumstance than less. I think that can actually really work. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah, 100%. All right. All right. So our next question is from a load of problems. My girlfriend and I <laughs> have a great sex life, but she recently mentioned that when I come, I don't seem to ever have a big load. I don't think it's a big deal, but is this common and normal? Also, do women prefer a lot of semen when a man ejaculates? Stormy? Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, a couple of things on that. I love this question and the honesty. Thanks for being so brave. Our listener questions are just amazing. But, you know, like everything in sex, there's a range, um, which I love because I don't even like the word normal. Um, it's like, who the fuck? What is normal? And right. normal is usually boring, in my right. opinion. But uh, so semen volume. So that's what the question 1.5 mLs to 5 mLs is normal. Let's just use the word I don't like. But there is an inverse relationship between the volume and your age. So it could be totally be normal aging, that your volume of your semen will go down um, as you age. Also, they say that your ejaculation is less uh, explosive, right? So there's less force behind the ejaculation, which might be part of what your partner is 
feeling or not feeling. Yeah. Um, but it also can be a lot of you know other things, just not to get too medical, but it can be a sign of like low testosterone and some um, SSRIs can impact the, the volume of semen. There's different neurologic things. So if right. you're concerned about it significantly, definitely talk to your physician about it. But there is a normal aging decrease in the volume, um, you know, and they they say if it's less than a third of a teaspoon, like you're literally if you're going to go measure it, but that's not very much, then that's symptomatic. That's something you should talk to your to your doctor about. But otherwise, the 1.5 to 5 mLs, it's just a normal range um, that is there depending despite your age. And then as you age, the volume tends to go down. So that's sort of the, the science piece of it. But your other question about, you know, I think that does a woman like more of a load uh, that will probably vary woman to woman, but there is like, it might feel like a sign to you of like your, your virility, your, your yeah. power, your sexual stamina. Um, and that's just something for you to like lean into. You we were talking earlier about aging. Um, you know, what other ways can you feel sexually powerful and virile? What other ways can you feel your sexual stamina? Um, you know, and, and then again, and then positionally there's different positions that she would be able to feel your ejaculation more than others. So play around with that, play around with that with her, ask her, uh, is there certain positions where she feels that more, right? Um, let's say it might be missionary, right? Uh, it might be with her on top. It, it really depends on the anatomy of, of her, uh, vagina and where her uterus is and things like that. So, you know, just know it's normal um, to have that as you age. Um, so I want to normalize that. And then also, I love that you guys are having these conversations, like this partnership is having, she was able to share with you that she noticed that and you're able to come to us to get some guidance. So that's amazing. And I really honor you both for that communication. Yeah, it's hard because you think about it, like I saw, a, it was a, a funny video the other day, even just about a guy is so, uh, um, his penis means so much to his manhood and who he is as a man. Sometimes like not only like is ejaculate, but like how hard his P stream is. Even I saw a video where it was like, totally. a, a guy was like, Hey man, uh, uh, he had a friend over at his apartment. He's like, Hey, you can't be peeing that loud in my house because my girlfriend heard that and thinks you're like more virile than me or so you know just the pee stream and so yep. it, and it, and guys have this thing hanging off of them called a penis it's hanging off of us and you know you have your balls and then you have to pee out of it and you have to ejaculate out of it and all these things and you can get in your head a lot about all these things and so the truth is like you said it kind of is a spectrum and it's okay and if, if if it's really low go get checked out but if not, it's probably normal and that's okay. Yeah. And that's totally. just fine. Like you don't yep. need a ton of ejaculate or, you know, to make you have great sex, a ton of ejaculate doesn't actually do that much, honestly, for anybody. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't. Right. I mean, and the, I mean, we, we say, they say it's not the size of the boat. It's the motion of the ocean, right? It's not the size of the ejaculate. It's not the size of the penis. It's the motion of the ocean. Right. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> All right. We got one last question for you guys. Um, all right. And this one's called being anal. <laughs> Is there a best or right way to have anal sex? My wife and I have talked about trying it, but also she is a little intimidated and concerned that it could hurt. We're open to trying toys first, but how long should we take before full penetration? Mm. 
Great question. So I love this question. So we're going to do a little anal sex 101, just a quick, quick little thing. So I have seven beginner tips for you. Um, I, I like to be really concrete, give you some takeaways. So, but the first thing I would say is that, uh, well, I think it's amazing. You want to explore anal sex. I think it's awesome. I think you should. There is so much pleasure to be had in anal sex. It is uh, partly the taboo, but also nerve endings and just a different sensation. Yep. Uh, there can be really powerful orgasms that way. So I think it's great. You want to explore that. Uh, anal sex should not be painful. If it is painful, there's probably something else you need to adjust. Okay. So that's sort of like sort of the, the guide. As far as how long to play with toys, which is one of the tips I'm going to give you, that varies from person to person. So really good communication, open communication with your partner. Um, but the number one tip is prep, right? Because we can get up in our head of like, uh, poop comes out of there. And that, how, how am I going to take care of that? Right. And the answer is right. yes, poop comes out of there. <laughs> that is true. Um, but the better you prep, the more you can both settle into enjoying and being relaxed and being turned on is a huge key to enjoy to enjoying anal sex. So the prep could be just having a bowel movement, taking a shower. Um, some people use enema or douches. I'm not a fan of them, but some people do. Um, so good prep is, is, is kind of, is the step one. Step two is lube, lube, lube. And then when you think you don't need more lube, use more lube. More lube. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I re recommend for anal that you use either, uh, if you're using condoms, don't use an oil based, but if you're not using condoms, oil based or uh, silicon based so that it lasts longer than water based lube uh, for that. But you got to have to play around and find one that you like. Um, and then the third thing you already mentioned, the question is anal sex toys. So one tip on this is make sure the toy has a flare at the bottom because the rectum will can and does. And I've worked in the emergency room, so I've seen this myself firsthand when it sucks things into it like toys or cucumbers or things like that. So, <laughs> so ER shifts, you see all sorts of things, but make sure your toy and it should if it's for the anus has a flare at the bottom. So there's plugs, there's beads, there's other toys. Um, so playing with toys is a great way to start to explore that to even playing outside with just fingers, right? So there's other things besides full penetration. And, um, and by then flare, the fourth, you, mean, you mean something that stops it from going completely Exactly. Inside. It's flared. Right. It has a flange at the bottom so that yes. it's like, and I can tell you, you, even if you don't have one, which I do not, I do not recommend using one without one. You're going to be so worried about it that you will not enjoy it. Um, right. Whoever has the toy in their anus, yep. right? So taking using the flange, you can then you can be hands free, uh, that sort of thing. So I really recommend that for sure. Um, and then warm up, right? So lots of turn on, so lots of foreplay. Like don't go right for the bum. It, it's not going to be pleasurable for the person receiving. Yeah, so don't start right. Um, and slowing way down is tip five. Okay, so slowing it way down. The person receiving the toy or the penetration has the say of how fast or slow you go. Okay, um, and then the, the sixth tip is when you're pulling out, whether that's a penis or a toy, pull out slow because the constriction of the sphincter can be what one of the things that causes pain. Um, and then the last tip is that the receiver is in control. So that's those are the tips that I have for you. I think it's great play around with it. And then just having things around to, for cleanup, whether that's a towel or, you know, a damp towel or some wipes again, so that you can just relax into it and not be worried. Um, but there is no question. Poop does come out of there, but so can a lot of pleasure. So <laughs> yeah, that's really interesting. I never have heard that before. Like make sure 
like pulling out is even slow. Like uh, I think mm-hmm. that's that like my big takeaway here is take your time, get the right lube, make sure everything's okay. Because if you rush into it, if you go straight to the butthole and start doing yep. stuff, you're going to be in trouble because it, yep. that is not going to work that easily. Like it just, I mean, maybe for a small percentage of people, but for most people it's take your time, get the right lube, move slow, see what feels good, see what, you know, what might not, and you know, oh, wait, I don't actually like that. Let me figure, let's see what we else we can do. I think that's the big takeaway. Like, yeah. Take your time. No, do not rush through that because other, do not rush because if you go slow, you might really realize how much you enjoy it. If you go fast, you might scare everybody off and that's the end of it. And you'll never <laughs> Totally. Anymore. Right. And most, I, I read somewhere that most people that have tried anal uh, hetero couples, try it like once or twice because and probably I'm making assumptions here but probably because there wasn't prepper it wasn't as slower there wasn't as enough foreplay and then they're like I don't want to ever do that again so if you're exploring it do it right the first time and and it's a really great super fun playful pleasurable thing to explore yep 100% all right I love those listener questions um all right we got a little a little bit of time for stump stormy and uh (laughs) It was funny. I was talking to somebody this past week about uh, she was saying how many dick pics she was sent through because we were talking about the dating apps earlier. Uh, I mean, were mm-hmm. you sent were you sent dick pics on the dating apps? Uh, yes. And as a sex coach, I get like weekly dick pics. So. <laughs> So you are an expert. <laughs> I am unfortunately a bit of an expert oh, on the unsolicited dick pics. Wow. I didn't, I just didn't, I didn't realize like there's part of me that feels bad for guys because I think they think it's the same as like sending, you know, they got a boob pick or something or a sexy pick. Guys are trying to be sexy and maybe in a way, but also unsolicited dick pics seem pretty rampant. So the question I'm trying to stump you in 2018, a YouGov poll found what percentage of women have been sent an unsolicited dick pic. And this is like one, uh, you know, what number out of 10? So what would you say out of 10 women, how many of those women have been sent a dick pic? And what year was the study? 2018. I'm going with six out of 10. So this says four out of 10, four out of 10 women aged between 18 and 36 have been sent a photograph of a penis without having asked for it, uh, colloquially colloquially known as unsolicited dick pic. And it says only 5% of men in this age group admitted to having sent one. Mm. So only 5% yeah. of men, 5%. So that means men are sending way more than they're <laughs> There's admitting. a lot of men not admitting that they're sending the pics. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's really interesting. I read a study that said 70 68, sorry, 68% of adolescent girls have received an unsolicited dick pic. And it's actually like, it's something to pay attention of. And I hate to sound doom and gloom on it, but like we call it unsolicited dick pic. That kind of makes light of it. It's actually like, it's technical term is cyber flashing, right? And think about like, which by the way, is a, became a criminal offense in in, uh, 2022. Um, But that we, we minimize it when we say unsolicited dick pic, it is cyber flashing. And imagine the trauma of like, actual flashing like if someone were to flash me standing right here you know it's not much different and yet we tend to minimize it because it's so common so i just think you know but i love what you said earlier to the beginning that like 
you know, why men might, might do it. I thought there was, I read a really interesting study on the intent. Uh, this was, a, let me just look, the study was 10,800, 1,086 men, excuse me, 1,086 men. And they said uh, the number one reason behind it was that they wanted to receive a sexy picture of the woman or the man in return. Um, but what was interesting is only like a few percentage of the time did it, did it actually work. So that's my thought on it is it's not right. a very effective strategy, let alone right. could be a very harmful or hurtful or traumatic strategy. So, I mean, my bottom line is don't send them. Don't send them. It, it, it will not work in the way you think it's going to work. It also makes you look like a schlub, like it's just not thoughtful or communicative or consensual. A solicited dick pic is a different, whole different conversation. 100% you know? different. So I think it's just important that we like, you know, we joke about it. I just joked about it, but like it is cyber flashing. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And I'm going to, I'm going to take it even a little bit more like shallow is that, and I am a sex coach. I think the male penis is absolutely amazing, right? It is an amazing organ. I think it's amazing, but unattached to a person, just the pick of the dick is not that sexy. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. The the study showed that it was all it was mostly men sending just their the the dick pic, not their body or anything else. No, so, right. So then it then it's just a a very bizarre close up of some body part <laughs> that that and and that isn't that sexy. You know what I mean? Like right. like the the idea there would be to see a person being turned on by you, like if it was solicited. Right. And then they're turned right. on as the whole person because you don't you don't just have sex with just the genitals. Right. So that's exactly. the thing that guys oftentimes are getting wrong that they think I'm sending this thing, but it that just isn't the case. And, and oftentimes when ladies send a pic of themselves, it is way more of their body. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not only just their it's not it's not just a nipple. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. like a close-up zoom of a nipple. Yeah. Like, it's like it's a lot more to it, and that is what is sexy. And I think guys don't understand totally. that yet. Uh, they're they're learning. Yeah, and it, it, it is hard. You're, I mean, I, I think a lot of guys are being shitty when they do that, or they're just trying let send my dick to as many people as I can, and then maybe I'll get laid or something. That is really terrible. Yeah. But if you're trying to be sexy, be more sexy. Like show totally. everything. Like like women oftentimes are turned on. Like I've had women very turned on by my hands. Just my hand. Yeah, and I was like, totally. "Whoa, this is amazing!" Like I wasn't, yeah. uh, I wasn't upset about that. I was like, "Man, thank <laughs> God! Wow, these hands are hot. I'll take it." You know yeah. I mean? yes. yeah, you're like, she doesn't even know what's coming, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. So, 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 like, think about yourself fully. Like, you don't it, like the just yeah, the genitals. Totally. Oftentimes, aren't, aren't like that. That seems it can be abrasive or it can be too much. Yeah, and exactly. you're right, and, and you're totally it's right. objectification, like, no matter which way you cut it. Right? I mean, I've I've actually personally gotten many where i'm like i'm like what is that like because it's so like you're like so like, <laughs> right. you know, it's like what is that oh that's uh, right. yeah. <laughs> oh my god that's a dick oh, you that? know it's like and then I, I can tell you that i have I, I can only speak for myself but i apparently fit the research that i've never been like oh i've never been even neutral or turned on by an unsolicited dick pic. Right. I mean, you know, and, and it also could be very traumatic. Like, let's say you, yeah. you don't know what the story is of the woman or man on the receiving side and what their right. trauma history is like, really? Like, we're not going to, let, let's not create more trauma. Right. And, and you can send those things once somebody asks you for it and then it will be received in a really good way. Cause that person will tell you what they want, what they're hoping yeah. to see that, that they miss you, that they would love to see. 
your penis or something, you know what I mean? Like, or, or your hand, like they might, that's what I'm saying. You don't have to necessarily send your penis. You can send your face or your hands, or maybe they're turned on by a whole picture of you or something. You know, it's not just this. Yeah, totally. That, that doesn't necessarily turn people on. And that is your goal. (laughs) When you're sending a sexual picture, you're just trying to turn your partner on because you're not in the room with them. And so think about that. What is actually, what are they wanting? Not, I'm going to, I'm going to send you something that, you know, that, 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 that's what you have to be careful. with. So. All right. We got another episode down, yep, man. Love it. This is great. Woo! Gosh, I'm loving this podcast. This is so good. It's so great. I love it. And I want to invite anyone listening, please send in your questions. There is no question that is off limits, you know, or uh, there's no silly questions. Um, please send in your questions um, to either Toby or I, um, Toby, you want to um, say where they can send them? Yep. They can send them uh, to me if they want to send them. Um, you can send mine to tobybadchristian at gmail.com. And then where they, they can send yours to stormy at lovedeeplab.com. And we love them. We'll answer anonymously every episode. Yeah. Yeah. We will never let your name be heard. And um, yeah, so anything is on the table. Uh, another great episode. I'm so excited to be doing this podcast. It's so fun. Stormy, you're so great. So uh, we'll see y'all next time. Yeah.